Welcome to Leading the Way with pastor, author, and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Yusa, celebrating more than 35 years of ministry worldwide. As you walk with Christ, you're called for a special purpose, and Satan knows it. He and his demons are constantly on the prowl in hopes of tripping you into defeat. Today on Leading the Way Audio, Dr. Youssef reveals defense tactics for the invisible war surrounding you. Listen now as Dr. Youssef takes you into the wilderness where Jesus is completing a lengthy fast where he denied his needs and sought the heart of the Father. It's just one portion of Dr. Youssef's challenging series, The Invisible War. Today I want to talk to you about the three major categories or the three areas in which the enemy of your soul will try to pull you down from your high altitude that is the will of God for you. Three areas in which he will bring you down in order to defeat you. Every failure you experience comes under one of those three categories. And the Apostle John, 1 John 2.16, here they are, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These are basically three missiles that Satan used to try to bring you down from the high altitude in which Jesus has placed you and placed me. And oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to show you that these are the very three temptations that Satan took aim at Jesus in every one of those three areas that John talks about. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Every one of them. And praise God, Jesus defeated him in every one of them. In every one of them. The Bible said he was tempted in every way like unto us, but he never sinned. And praise God for that. Because it is because of his sinlessness that he is able to take upon his sinless body the sins of everyone who confess their own sin. Praise God. So Jesus, fasting for 40 days, he goes to the wilderness. Matthew 4, verse 1 says, The Holy Spirit, that's the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, took him into the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That was planned. This was the start of conflict, which went on all the way to the cross, where Jesus rendered Satan toothless. Look at verse 2, 4, 2, Matthew 4, 2. You'll discover that's the first one here. First of all, it tells you that after 40 days. Now, I'm not going to speculate, okay? But after 40 days, it was getting close. It may be the 39 days, probably just at the end of the 39 days. I don't know, but it's toward the end. It's getting so close. I'm telling you this for a reason, because that's part of the deal here. <laughs> after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. If you have your own Bible, underline the word hungry. Verse 3, And the tempter came to him and said, it's the first of the three. If you are the Son of God, actually, since you are the Son of God, is more accurate translation. Command these stones to become loaves of bread. So when the devil came to Jesus, 
It was at the very end of his fast. He was almost ready to eat, but not quite. It could be hours. It could be hours. I don't know. Because I don't want you to miss this is an incredible subtlety of the enemy. The enemy is so subtle, and if you're not alert to it, you can easily miss it. Satan never questioned Jesus' divinity. He never questioned Jesus' pre-existence with the Father before all worlds. In fact, Satan really make the, the, it does sound very clearly to me that Jesus and Satan share this kind of uh, secret. They both know a secret. As if to say to him, hey, you know and I know you're God's son. Hey, you know and I know that you can turn these stones into bread instantly. What is stopping you? What is stopping you? And you think, wait wait a minute, but this is very reasonable, isn't it? You agree? It's very reasonable. Jesus is hungry. He has the power to make bread. (laughs) His Father gave him that authority. Could raise the dead, heal the sick, do all these kinds of things. He surely could bring bread out of stone. He could supply his needs. What's harm in it? What harm can come out of it, right? When you really think about it from a, a human point, it doesn't qualify as a temptation. It simply makes good sense. Listen, our whole society, whole churches think that way. If it feels good, do it. If you need it, take it. If it satisfies you, go for it. Sex out of marriage, no problem. You have needs. Put your hand in the till. Everybody does it. You work hard and you need to numb your brains. You deserve it. It goes on and on and on and on. What was the problem? What is the problem? First of all, the problem is not whether hunger should be satisfied or not. Don't get distracted. That's not the problem. That's not the issue. What is the issue here? The issue is, should Jesus break his fast before the Father's timing? That's the question. If you miss this, you miss the whole point. Beloved, for Jesus, this is a serious breach of faith with the Father. Are you with me? This is going back on his vow to the Father. Just like unfaithfulness in marriage is a breaking of a prior commitment to your spouse. I want you to watch this. Watch this, please. Jesus is not saying that bread is not important. He's not saying that. Jesus is not saying, I don't need bread. No. Jesus did not say, fasting is not fun, but I've got to do it. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He said, my obedience to the Father, my commitment to the Father, my waiting for the Father's timing is far more important. Look at verse 4. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus responds, he said, it is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. My beloved friends, the secret of Jesus' victory is the secret of your victory and mine. 
when Satan tries to bring you down from your high ground by appealing to your desires and your appetites, all of your appetites, use the Scripture. Use the Scripture. It is written. Satan doesn't get sweaty. He goes to the second area. He moves on. After failed to get Jesus to satisfy his appetite before it's time, before the Father's timing, he goes to boost his ego. Listen, don't let anybody fool you. We all have egos. We all have egos. You got that? The difference is, some of us daily trying to sanctify our egos. (laughs) Others are not. So he goes from the lust of the flesh to the lust of the eye. How is that? Well, look at it. You see, Satan knows if he can get you to see it, if he can get you to see it, (laughs) if he can get you to feel it, if he can get you to experience it, if he can get you to taste it, he knows. The rest is history. In Matthew 4, 5, and 6, Satan takes Jesus to the highest spot in the city, the highest. They couldn't get any higher. And he says to him, jump. Jump? He's not suggesting suicide, by the way. That, no, he knows better than that. There's some people give Satan too much credit, and some give him very little credit. <laughs> so be realistic. Suicide is out of the question. This is a very clever tactical switch. Satan realized that Jesus, unlike Esau, who sold his birthright for a pot of soup when he was hungry, that Jesus would not dishonor the Father to satisfy his appetite. So he goes for the ego. Satisfy his ego. I need to explain that to you. Remember this. Jesus yet has not commenced his ministry. He has not started the ministry yet. And so Satan was telling him, start your ministry with a spectacular stunt. Remember this, Jesus knows God's promises, right? Jesus knows that the Father would have delivered him had he jumped, right? Jesus knows had he jumped, angels, bodyguards would have come out of thin air to save him, right? And he would have gone from being a nobody to being an overnight sensation. Oh, yes. Everybody wants to be an overnight sensation. Don't ever forget, Satan knows the Scripture backwards and forwards. Satan knows the Scripture better than most theologians. In fact, Satan does something that most theologians do not do. He trembles at the Word of God. Oh, that we would tremble at the Word of God. So please, please, please be very wary of Satan's followers, these false teachers and false preachers. Oh, there's so many of them now. They will produce a verse from here and a verse from there and support their arguments for immorality. Be very wary of those who claim that they have discovered a new way of interpreting the Bible. Be very wary of those who say, isn't God love? Therefore, love is God. By that they mean any perverse love. 
So they make God out of love and they worship false gods. The whole advertising industry is built on this area of the lust of the eye, isn't it? All these images are designed to appeal to the lust of the eye. In fact, that is how Satan led or misled Eve. (laughs) He got her to watch the shopping network. (laughs) And it was all over. It was all over. Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw, see that? Saw. Underline saw in your Bible. That the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to what? The eyes. Underline the eyes. And desirable to make one wise, she took. You see, seeing doesn't stop. The next thing is, I took. Ecclesiastes 1.8 says, The eye is not satisfied with seeing. Has to take. Proverbs 27.20 says, Never satisfied are the eyes of man. Look at Jesus' response, please. Verse 7, Matthew 4, 7. Again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. Thirdly, the pride of life. Well, we know what pride is, but we don't know what the pride of life is. What is that pride of life? See, when Satan could not get Jesus through the door of fulfilling his bodily needs, his bodily appetite, the wrong way, he tried to entice him through the eye gate. And when that failed too, Satan says, you can have it all now. You can have it all now. That's the pride of life. That's the pride of life. You can have it all now. Doesn't matter how you get it. I was reading an article not long ago, actually, the certain percentage of young people who are actually saying they want everything that their parents had. And their parents worked for decades to accomplish whatever they are. They want it now. <laughs> they don't want to wait. Satan does this with Jesus on a much, 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 much higher level. Third temptation. Satan completely changed tactics. It's a complete change of tactics. He makes a very critical concession. (laughs) Make no mistake about it, Satan is making a concession here. And this one really needs an explanation. When God created the earth, planet earth, he handed the deeds of planet earth to Adam. He said, Adam, you are my deputy. Adam, you are in charge of planet earth. I'm making you in charge. You are my steward. You are, and I'm giving you authority. And when Adam fell for Satan's deception, he handed the deeds of creation, planet earth, to Satan. Satan tried a coup, remember from the very first message, he tried a a coup d'etat in heaven and failed, and he got thrown out of heaven. But he succeeds through subterfuge and stilts to deceive Adam and usurp the authority over the earth. 
That's why the Bible calls Satan the god of this world. He rules it. It belongs to him. His demons have garrisoned cities of the earth. Why? Why are they doing this? Because they impose their rule. They impose their rule. Satan knows that his takeover of planet earth is going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged. Less than three years is going to be challenged. So what does he do? He says, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Jesus, let's make a deal. It's always been God's purpose, and Satan knew it. It's always been God's purpose to wrest back the scepter from Satan and give it to his son Jesus. Ah, but not until after the cross and the resurrection. And here's what happened. The demonic equivalents of the CIA. Do you know that the demonic forces have their own DIA? They really do. They have DIA, Demonic Intelligence Agency. Well, they examined all of the pages of the Old Testament and realized that there is a second David coming, there is a second Adam coming, that there is a new covenant coming, that there is a new heart going to be received by the followers of the Son of God. They knew that Jesus is about to destroy the power of Satan, fear and death. So what does Satan do? He offers him friendship. Isn't that sweet? He offers him friendship. As if to say to Jesus, although I know and you know why you're here. <laughs> Although I know that you're going to take it back, and you're going to take the deeds of creation back from me. I know also that you are powerful. Why don't we just settle this amicably? Just let's settle it amicably. I'll turn everything to you. I'll give it to you now. I'll turn it over. You're looking for the deeds of planet Earth and the creation. I'll give it to you. I'll return everything that I took from God. Everything is yours, and I will sign my name on the dotted line. <laughs> oh, please, 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 please notice there is something strangely modern about this. Strangely modern. The allure of the shortcuts. The avoidance of conflict. The thrill of instant gratification, the avoidance of unpleasantness, the avoidance of pain and suffering. Listen to me. <laughs> Satan is offering Jesus victory on the easiest possible terms, on the face of it. I'm not going to get into the spiritual and even the historic. On the face of it, taking this deal from Satan, it appears that Jesus will accomplish his mission, Right? He came to do this. He's got it. When you think about it, the average person today, the average person today would look at this and say, man, let's go for it. What's wrong with that? That's what you call in the business world a win-win deal. Right? Maybe okay in business. Not in the spiritual warfare. Ah, because... You have to read the small print. You have to read the small print. The problem is always with the small print. 
is a tiny, teeny weeny little attachment. But it's deadly. It's deadly. Utterly destructive items in that offer. All this I give you. All you need to do, not much, just bow to me. Bow to me. Sure, Jesus would have gotten everything he came for, right? But he would have submitted his will to Satan's will. Satan would have allowed everything that happens in local churches today. Everything that's happening today. He would have allowed it just as as if nothing changed. Including preaching and singing. He would have allowed all that. As long as they change the name of the enterprise to Satan and company. What's wrong with it? Ah, we would have still being separated from the Father. We would have still be separated from the Father. Most local churches would have looked just to look today, except Satan owns it. Question Are you sufficiently forewarned? He will offer you the most generous bargain. Beloved, whenever you are tempted to do or fall for any of those three temptations, ask yourself the question. I've done that many times. I wish I could say that I've done that every time. No. Which one of those three areas is he tempting me in? Is he appealing to satisfy my appetites, all kinds of my appetites, in an illegitimate way? Is he appealing to satisfy my selfish desires, my ego? Or is he trying to get me to do my will and not the will of God? Always ask those three questions. Every temptation comes under one of those three areas. So my appeal to you and to me is to occupy the high places and stay there. Stay there. Don't let him entice you to come down. Above all, never, 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 never forget that his days are numbered and he will soon be vanquished and Jesus glorified. challenge from Dr. Michael Youssef to pause, look at Satan's temptations, and stand your ground in the power of God's Word. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. Dr. Youssef passionately proclaims uncompromising truth around the world by means of audio, video, as well as technologies that reach people in all of the places they live, play, and work. Through partners like you, Millions hear the gospel, experience discipleship through the field team members and partner churches. And when living in areas where being a Christian is dangerous, they get help from leading the way and trusted partners. Wouldn't you like to be a part of this life-changing ministry? This month, generous ministry partners are challenging you to help match their gifts to leading the way up to $1 million through this special end-of-year gift challenge. Double your impact today and join with Leading the Way during these critical days. 
will you help us share the good news of Jesus through this special end-of-year gift challenge? Contact us today to double your impact. We'll learn ways to stand with Dr. Youssef today. As a partner, you will equip teams on the front lines of proclaiming, discipling, and helping men and women, boys and girls. To find out more, just visit us. We're at ltw.org. Or, of course, you can always call us at 866-626-4356. Well, that's about all the time we have today, but please consider subscribing to Leading the Ways podcast and check out additional content through YouTube. Links and more information are available at ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth.